now return to the book of Jonah, which I'd like to get through. Not all together today, but uh, I've preached on chapter 1 and chapter 2 and chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. I skipped actually verse 10 of 2 and 1 to 4 of 3. And I want to focus uh, after this message, uh, when, I, when next we come to uh, Jonah, on verse 10 of chapter 3. That's an amazing verse if you think about it. God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do to them, and he did it not. What does it mean for God to repent? We're going to focus on that next time we come to Jonah. But this time I want to read verse 10 from chapter 2 through verses, uh, through verse 4 of chapter 3. And of course, this being uh, the word of God, we are to, uh, to hear it and hear it well. And we will because the Spirit communicates to us via the word. Let us now hear these several verses. Beginning chapter 2, verse 10. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose, went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, a journey and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. <clears throat> May God bless this portion of his word to us. Heavenly Lord Jesus, we are thankful for your word. It informs us of everything we need to know in this world in order to get to the next. And we praise you for it. Inform us some more, Lord, we ask in your name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Not too long ago, I heard uh, one of the, heard from the news reporter, news anchor, reporting on a, uh, a father that sort of dropped out of his uh, family's life, having returned from uh, service, and uh, never returned home. His uh, daughter was uh, so focused on finding him, she was so terribly upset, she asked some some agency, uh, some agents to help, uh, and one in particular uh, did, and they they found him. They they located this uh, this man, and they brought the uh, the father and the daughter together for the first time in in several years, having been lost to the streets. His father, her father, was lost to the streets, and and they uh, they found him and reunited, and uh, it was heartwarming, 
And uh, remember the news anchor saying, uh, after the daughter took him home with her, tried to establish his life once again for him, had some problems. The news anchor said, uh, everybody deserves a second chance. And I, I think that we as Christians should realize, perhaps more than anyone, uh, that we have gotten a, check, a second chance. And even more than that, with God. And if God wasn't giving out second chances, and I'm not using a theologically accurate term, uh, in the words of the, the scripture here in, in chapter 3, verse 1, uh, the Lord came to Jonah a second time. He sort of, you know, gave Jonah a second chance to do what he was supposed to do. As you know, uh, Jonah did the opposite. We went through that. The, the Lord told him to go to Nineveh, and he took it upon himself to do the exact opposite and travel to Tarshish in the opposite direction. And the Lord, of course, caused a commotion on the sea. They found out it was because of Jonah, the prophet there. Uh, he told them, uh, the people the, uh, on the ship that were concerned about dying and the ship sinking and all, he, he had to be thrown into the ocean. And God said that he had to be thrown into the ocean and the sea would calm. And that's what they did. They didn't want to. They tried desperately not to. do every, They tried desperately every, everything they could to, uh, to safeguard the ship and their journey, but they just couldn't. The sea waters were too strong, too powerful, too overwhelming. And so they did what Jonah told them to do after they cast lots and found out. God arranged, of course, the lot to land on Jonah, found out it was Jonah the cause of it, threw him in the sea, immediately the sea calmed, and a big fish, a, sh- a, 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 a fish that the Lord had prepared, special for this, swallowed him up. He spent three days in the belly of that fish. He found repentance and some say conversion in the depths of the sea, in the belly of that fish. And then it brought him to Nineveh. And here he is. The Lord comes to him now a second time and tells him what to do. I remember what our Lord Jesus Christ told his disciples when they asked him, how often should I forgive someone and the Lord said 70 times 7. The number 7 is a special number in the scripture, like 3 is, like 10 is, like 12 is, multiples of 12, multiples of 7. 77 means you forgive absolutely. You forgive again and again. That's what he was saying. And we are told by our Lord Jesus, uh, his disciples were told, the Holy Spirit uh, forms us, that we are to forgive uh, as our Father forgives uh, us. We are to forgive. We are to exercise forgiveness in that fashion, especially towards the households of God. Uh, I differ with those a little bit who argue that we are to forgive just everyone, carte blanche kind of forgiveness. God doesn't do that with the reprobate. 
and we ought not either. However, we are always ready to forgive. If someone is repentant, if someone is sorrowful, whether he's a Christian or not, we are always ready to forgive that someone. If they're not willing, if they're not repentant, if they're not sorrowful, if they don't want forgiveness, well, we don't hold anger and, and hostilities against them, but we, we, let, we welcome them to, to, uh, to us by forgiveness. We say we're willing to forgive. I'm willing to forgive you. Uh, so we're always willing to forgive, if not able to forgive, because the person is not willing to repent. God doesn't forgive those who do not repent. Does he? No. They're brought before the judgment bar of God. And in the last day, they will be judged. Not forgiven any of their sins. Because they found no repentance. <clears throat> I'm certainly not better than God. But I'm always willing to forgive because I don't know who, whose heart God's working on. So we ought to do that. And that sort of speaks to this idea of a, of a second chance or a second uh, time that God uh, gives his, uh, his prophet who was disobedient, but you see, God has arranged events so that he is going to have his way with his prophet. And if it takes a second time to do it, God will do it. We need to extrapolate that into our own lives and say, yeah, God's going to use and to, he's going to use us as he wants to use, whether we want it or like it or not. And he will give it to us time and time again until we get on the same page as he. That is for his people. He does not let us go. He does not allow us to go our own way and to do our own thing indefinitely. He will reveal our sinful nature to us. He will reveal our weaknesses to us. He will reveal our susceptibility, if you will, to, to be tempted and fall into temptation and go that way in order for us to learn that we need to depend upon him in everything, in every way, to do it his way. And sometimes it takes a second chance, or a third, or a fourth, and so on, until we arrive at the door of forgiveness and understand what the forgiveness of God is like. Because he forgives us a second time, he forgives us a third time, he forgives us infinitely, absolutely, all the time. And once we understand how many chances, if you will, God gives us, we arrive at the door of his forgiveness. He forgave his prophet. And it would be one thing to say, as some have argued, look, Jonah did the wrong thing. He went off his own way. God taught him a lesson, brought him down to repentance in the belly of that fish. And as some point out, Con conversion 
The Lord converted him that way by bringing him to repentance and, and, and faith. And he was willing from the heart to be obedient to God. And so God brought him back to Nineveh. It would have been enough had God just said, Jonah, I forgive you. I have saved you. You've repented. Now go home and start, you know, your new life, your sanctified life, sanctified living in Israel. But no, God had a plan, and he's planned to use Jonah. He planned to use Jonah in this way, that he was going to bring Jonah to repentance, and he was going to show the Ninevites how he works repentance in the life of his own. See, when Jonah landed on the shore, Mediterranean or the Black Sea, I'm not sure, word got out that the whale or the big fish or whatever it was deposited him on the land and then swam off, never to be found again, But there's Jonah. And how far he was on that shore from Nineveh, the city, no one knows. Not too far, too terribly far. No one knows how long it took him to get there. But word got out. This is the one, the story of Jonah. How he was boarded a ship, how he was thrown into the sea, how his, uh, the fish swallowed him that the Lord had prepared, miraculously prepared, and brought him to the shore and deposited him on the land. The whole thing was a miracle. The whole thing. And Jonah is coming to town now, and he is a walking miracle. Everybody knows this. His God, Jonah's God, dealt with him miraculously. The sea rose up, and of course, according to God, they drew lots. That was God's plan. They exposed Jonah. It was, uh, Jonah was exposed by the lots. They threw him in the sea. It was completely calm. The fish comes up. Take the, it's all miracle. And they heard about this and how God, the God of Jonah, Jehovah God, deals with his rebellious people. And it brought the Ninevites to repentance themselves because not only was Jonah, the first time in chapter 1, God says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. The second time, he tells him, in chapter 3 here, Arise, in chapter 3, verse 2, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. The word preach here is, is a similar word that is used in the New Testament to, talking, to, to speak towards the gospel, the glad tidings, as Isaiah 61 points out, the glad tidings of good news. That salvation has come to a people. And... Uh, what God did with Jonah was that he used, he used his disobedience to bring him to repentance and perhaps even conversion for the first time, bring him to Nineveh, appear to the Ninevites as a miracle, walking and talking to them 
and I have a message, this miraculous uh, salvation that Jonah experienced is brought out in his word that he, he tells them, So Jonah went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. And now it was the great city. I just, I'll, I'll speak to that in a minute. And, but in verse 4 he says, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. They believed him. Because not only was his word, the word of God spoken to them, and their hearts were open and sensitive, their ear, their, the soles of their ear, their, their, their soul's ears and eyes were open to hear that 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. They heard the word of God, but not only did they hear it with their ears, they saw it with their eyes because Jonah was a walking miracle. And they began to understand. You see, they couldn't, they wouldn't have been able to understand if he gave a, some sort of sermon or message from one of the other prophets or from Moses or Exodus or something like that. They, they wouldn't, wouldn't be identifying with that. But they could identify with a God who punished his servant for disobeying him and then brought him to repentance and had mercy upon him. That they could understand because their God was not like that. Their God would just punish them. Their God would destroy them if they disobeyed, if they go the wrong way. Their God was full of, was, they were full of fear of their God. But this God, Jonah's God, is one that, yes, does discipline his own because of disobedience, but then has mercy upon them and forgives them. And they saw this and they understood the message that Jonah was delivering, not only in word, but in sight. He was a walking sermon. And that miracle that the uh, Ninevites observed and focused in on and brought them to repentance was a sign of a greater miracle to come. The miracle of salvation in Jesus Christ who has told us told his disciples and he's told us that God has forgiven you all, all of your sins. That you are conf con to confess your sin, not just once. And you are to repent and you are to turn from that sin, not just once or twice. But every single time it comes to mind. You are to be confessing your sin on a daily basis. You are to be repenting of your sin on a daily basis. And you will find forgiveness for your sin on a daily basis. God does give second chances. He also gives third and fourth. And as I said, on and on it goes. 
if God did not give out those second and third and fourth times as he did in other instances. Like, for example, when Abraham was traveling, told by God to go to Canaan, and he stopped along the way in Haran, halfways about. And he didn't want to go further. God appeared to him a second time, we're told, and told him to go further. Or Moses, when he was told that he was going to, uh, to be a savior for the people of Israel, took matters into his, at the burning bush, took matters into his own hands and killed an Egyptian to get things going. But it, got, it, got, it just caused a whole uproar, a whole lot of trouble. He had to go into the wilderness for 40 years. But God told him to go back. Appeared to him a second time and told him, now is the time. And remember Peter, who denied the Lord not once, not twice, but thrice. And Jesus had him repent three times when he engaged with Peter and said, do you love me? Yes, I love you, Lord. Peter, do you, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? Lord, why do you ask this? Of course I do. Second chances are throughout the Bible. If God did not give second chances and third and so on, we would be dissolved. Dissolved before him. We would sink into the dust, never to appear before him anyway again. So I like this idea of uh, a second chance or a, or a second time that he comes to it. The other thing that I wanted to point out, that I should point out uh, to you about this, is that we all have a calling. We all have a purpose in life that God would have us do and accomplish. We don't necessarily understand what that is, when that is, but God is going to work us into his plan and he is going to accomplish through us what he would have accomplished. Now, oftentimes, we don't understand what it is. But, of course, if you're a parent, you meet somebody, you get married, you have children. You understand your calling is to raise those children the way that they should go. So that when they're old, they shall not depart from that way. That's a calling to every parent, Christian parent. To raise your son and daughter up the way, in the way. That he, that she should go. But there are other th- callings too. There are other things that God would have, ac- have us accomplish. The thing is though that we get confused. Sometimes tempted. Sometimes we disobey. Sometimes we understand we should do it this way. But I'm not going to do it this way. But God will bring it to pass. 
one way or the other, whether you like it or not, you will accomplish his purpose for your life. You can bank on that. You may not understand that. You may not even believe that, although I think you do. But what he has planned for you will happen. And that's what this teaches us as well. He did not tell Jonah, okay, you were disobedient. I'm going to give you your way. You're not going to go to Nineveh. I'll get some other prophet, right? He didn't say that. He said, no, you're the one that's going to go. And because he said that, because he would have that done, he wasn't giving in to, uh, to uh, Jonah. He was having Jonah give in to his plan. He brought Jonah to faith and repentance in the belly of a fish. He brought Jonah a living sermon to, to the people that he hated and despised, and he saved them. Before his very eyes, Jonah went after he went to the city. By the way, Nineveh, the archaeologists and the great scholars of the world said, there's no such thing as a Nineveh that big. Three days journey, no city at that time in the ancient world was that big. Turns out they were wrong. Everybody that goes against the Bible and what the Bible says is wrong. They have never found the walls of Jericho. They have never, you know, creation. Look at, look at creation. It did not happen in six literal days. Come on. There's not a seven-day week, which we all go by, and it's witnesses to us day in and day out, every single day, to everyone in the world from the very beginning. We live according to 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 and a quarter days a year. And it's a witness, it's a testimony, that's what exactly God did and established from the very beginning. You're living proof of it every day, and you're too stubborn and too stupid to figure that out. You'd rather believe in evolution. But I digress. Coming back to this, Jonah was going to accomplish the plan that God had for him and for the Ninevites. And he was going to use the prophet. And his disobedience brought him to salvation and brought salvation to the Ninevites. Even though his attitude needed adjusting, right? His attitude was poor, even when he spoke the word of God. Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. He went through the entire city, three days. And then he went outside the city and sulked. And he wished that God would judge the Ninevites. He didn't want them because they were the Israel's arch enemy. But it didn't go his way terms of his attitude, but he had accomplished the purpose of God that God intended. And that's the same for us, brothers and sisters. Jonah's story is told in each one of us. Through our disobedience, through our confusion, uh, through our mishaps and misadventures, through our uh, attempts and failures, God's working his plan for you and me. The difference that ought to be the case in us 
is just we understand, Lord, that you give us a second, third, and so on chance. You give us chance after chance every single day of our lives. You forgive us. You're teaching us what your forgiveness is like. Like I said before, once you begin to learn how many chances God has given you to come to him, you wind up at the doorstep of forgiveness. That's what forgiveness is. Every single moment of every single day. And once we learn that, how wonderful God's forgiveness is, how wonderful God's opportunity, how wonderful God is towards, how merciful he is in giving us chance after chance after chance. Let's not do what Jonah did. Understanding that God's going to accomplish what he would have us accomplish in and through our lives, all our lives. We're going to go in that direction whether we like it or not. I'm suggesting, brothers and sisters, we like it. Adjust our attitude. Jonah had to learn, still learn some attitude adjustment. Adjust your attitude. Love the fact that God has forgiven you. That God has saved you through his son Jesus Christ. God has proven that your salvation is secure by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now go in the direction he would have you go. Try to understand as best you can. Search the scriptures. Talk with one another. Talk with people that are wiser than you are, more experienced than you are, if you're confused. But have that attitude that whatever you have for me to do, Lord, I will do like the prophet Isaiah. Send me, Lord. Send me. Who will go? Send me. Send me. That should be our attitude. I'm not, I'm, I will give up whatever I, have, whatever I have to give up, even though I enjoy it and I like it. And in and of itself, it's not a sin. But if you would have me go in this direction, that's where I'll go. And I'll, I'll shed like dead skin whatever is hindering. That should be our attitude. I don't think it is with many Christians that way, or I shouldn't say many. Many Christians are that way. There, there are many that aren't. They don't want to give up their joys, their comforts, their, their likes, their pleasures, or whatever it may be, to follow consistently in, in not only in practice, but in heart, in attitude, what the Lord would have them do. But that is... Dear brothers and sisters, my counsel from Jonah and from the rest of the Bible. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. Jonah had to learn. It's a hard thing to kick against the goat. God's moving you in the direction you go. It's the best thing to do. And Jonah... It was better after his disobedience, after he learned. And he, he repented, he confessed, he repented, he was going to do what God said he was going to do this time. It turned out very well, at least for the Ninevites. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Lord, we are thankful for your word. You are thankful that you are leading us all the way, leading us. We are thankful that... Uh, <clears throat>
Well, that you showed your salvation is going to be outside of Israel. You you extended it to the Nineveh, to an entire city, at least for a generation or two before they went back to their old ways, uh, because they didn't they didn't understand how the covenant worked. They didn't have that covenant promise that you gave to your people Israel, but now we do. When you understand how it works, you are a God to us and to our children. We ought to train them up in the way they should. We ought to train them up by word and by example. May we be a good example, Lord, and follow you consistently, come what may. I suppose our best prayer should be, not my will, but thy will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.